Welcome back, everyone. My name is Michael LeBlanc, Senior Portfolio Manager at Canaccord Junior Wealth Management. And thanks for joining us again this week for our live weekly update. Just to keep you informed on what's going on in the markets and what we see coming up, there's obviously a lot to go through. We were off last week, uh, so I apologize for that, um, but we'll get you caught up. And of course, we had a couple holidays, Canadian holiday, Victoria Day, and Memorial Day yesterday in the United States. So there's a playing a little catch up behind uh, behind those as well. So uh, let's jump into things. And as always, keep in mind that everything we talk about on here is for information purposes only. Uh, do do your own due diligence or reach out to us. Remember, you can always go to us, uh, go to uh, our portal at mikeonmoney.com. Happy to answer any of your questions. Look at your individual situation and see how we might be able to help out. Also, you can subscribe to our videos. These are all recorded. Uh, we have a lot of other educational material uh, on our portal there. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, or if you prefer, uh, you can subscribe to our podcast, uh, where you can get all of these for easy listening while you're driving, or you're just trying to fall asleep. I'm told that uh, I have that effect on people. But with that, let's jump into things, see what's going on on the economy. Uh, we are looking for some uh, home price indexes out of the United States uh, for March, we actually saw some early numbers just before this video we started recording. Uh, prices are up, volumes are down. A um, bit different than in Canada. We'll touch a little bit about the Canadian market, but they're still seeing uh, the, the price index or the overall price in, in the United States still going up a little bit. Uh, we're gonna look at the manufacturing index uh, for May uh, and also look at the consumer confidence for May. Uh, and we're also looking at Canada's GDP for May. So a lot of number, economic numbers coming in. Uh, one thing to keep in mind, we've been talking about for the last several months, you know, are we going to go into a recession uh, due to this inflation and increased interest rates? There's still a strong possibility of that. Um, in fact, I would argue we've already entered one or we already started one. But keep in mind, all these indexes that we're looking at uh, for, for May numbers, uh, even if we see neg negative numbers there, uh, a recession is only when you have three consecutive months of negative uh, growth in the economy. So uh, you don't actually know you're in a recession to almost, if it's a short recession, almost when you're coming out. And that's kind of what we're expecting. Even if we orchestrate a soft landing and we don't get three months of negative growth in a row, uh, we might only get two. We won't know when, when we're coming out of that uh, based on the GDP or growth numbers until it's over. So you have to adjust ahead of time. Keep that in mind. Even if you're seeing uh, or hearing positive things, that might be for three, four months ahead from now after we go through a potential recession or a soft landing. And that's still a big debate right now. Uh, so when it comes to the stocks, uh, we saw a pretty good rally last week uh, and we saw things head into the long weekend uh, with some pretty good numbers, uh, which was great. Give, uh, gave the market and gave, gave some investors uh, a breather. We certainly uh, took it as an opportunity to uh, make some minor changes, uh, move out of a couple of positions that we weren't um, you know, we were looking at uh, other areas uh, of growth or, or, or stronger dividend. We're really looking at the, the cash flow companies these days, looking for those strong dividend pairs and where we can take advantage of that. Uh, I don't know if this rally is, is going to hold. In fact, today has been a bit negative. 
not a big surprise. Generally, uh, a day after uh, a long weekend, people kind of reassess, especially when you had a nice green Friday. Uh, you know, Canada was, uh, was up yesterday, uh, generally due to the lack of volumes uh, that, uh, you know, both US and Americans being away, uh, not being not playing in the market. So uh, that's not a big surprise. And we're seeing a little bit, not a big sell off today, but certainly we're seeing some, some negative numbers. Uh, oil continues to rise. Uh, we'll talk a bit more about oil. Um, this is kind of going counterintuitive to what's going on in the markets, but we all know we have that supply crunch. We had that before we went into this year. We had it before we went into the Ukraine situation and all that's being exacerbated. So we continue to see oil do well. Uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about what we see in those numbers. Uh, as I mentioned, yesterday was a Memorial Day down in the United States. The first trading day of the week uh, was closed. So uh, today's the day, definitely seeing a little bit of sell-off, still on the concerns of that high inflation and what that might uh, that might cause the Fed to, uh, to lead the Fed to, to do as far as interest rate hikes later this year. So uh, where's, where's the safe house? Well, rising, the rising rates are, are definitely testing the foundation for the property boom. As I mentioned in the US, the, the pricing is still moving up, but we're not seeing that in Canada. We've actually seen the, the table turn. It's not in correction territory. It's not in crash uh, territory at all by any means, but we're definitely seeing those volumes fall off. Uh, you know, a typical house in Toronto would have fetched, you know, 40, 40 offers, bid and wars overnight, you know, just a few months ago. Uh, now we're seeing them go no bid for days. Uh, you know, kind of back to what some people might call the normal market. Uh, so definitely, we've definitely seen, or at least the shorter term peak in price in, in Canada, as we're starting to see those prices pull back, you're starting to see um, price reductions on homes. You know, uh, people are in situations where they've bought another property and they have to sell. So uh, they're putting price reductions out there to try to get some interest uh, from buyers. And buyers, I said, a bit on the sideline uh, for a couple of reasons. You know, obviously the higher interest rates are impacting borrowing capabilities, so they're being a little tighter, tighter with their wallet when it comes to the uh, the price they're willing to pay on homes. Uh, but also, uh, there's that expectation that we are going to see a pullback in housing prices. So people are saying, well, maybe I'll wait six months, maybe I'll wait a year and see where housing prices, uh, you know, will land. Um, and all that is, you know, a bit self-perpetuating as we see more and more of that, uh, you know, buyers not being there, more price reductions and, and bringing things down. So uh, hopefully um, we'll get a little bit more uh, clarity as to what, to what the trend is there over the coming months. Uh, but do keep that in mind. We are definitely seeing uh, the, the house prices off their peaks in Canada for sure. Uh, and of course, the Ukraine conflict continues and it's reshaping things like the global market. Uh, you know, Russia's invasion has caused uh, uh, countries, especially in Europe, to look for alternative suppliers. Africa is definitely stepping up to meet European demand. And, you know, Moscow, Russia, uh, you know, being stung by those European sanctions, being cut off by pipelines, being cut, cut off by shipping routes, are increasingly uh, tapping into risky ship to ship transfers of the oil to sell it into Asia, where China is still a big buyer. Uh, they still have an agreement with Russia and, and, and China's buying a lot of their oil, but you know, to get it there, they don't have as many direct routes. So they're having to transfer the oil at open sea. So a lot of problems with that. Uh, there's also some conflicts over you know, 
which country ships might be involved. And uh, I'm sure we'll get more information out of that. But the thing to keep in mind is we're still seeing that strong oil market, e even though we're starting to see uh, shifting global distribution. Other news in the US, uh, the labor market's still pretty hot. We're seeing decline in profits overshadow the economy right now, uh, but we're still seeing the unemployment numbers dropping. Uh, you know, fewer and fewer people are going to uh, collect unemployment benefits. Uh, but keep an eye on those earnings reports because as companies' profits decline, of course, that turns over their hiring habits. They'll either leave, you know, not hire as many people uh, or start, you know, uh, trying to pay less. Uh, you, you know, as, as, as they start to build a more efficient business um, to compensate for those lower profits, it does, you know, tend to turn the dial on, on unemployment and start to rise again. And that's really what we're seeing the economy trying to do is, is cut off that inflation number. Uh, you know, they need to bring uh, an unemployment up a little bit. Doesn't mean we want to go back up to the double digits, but, you know, it's down to about 2.5%. We want to bring that back up a little bit. Uh, and just slow down that hot, hot uh, employment market. U.S. retailer earnings, uh, you know, are just showing, you know, that gap between shoppers and inflation. As you know, as inflation surge, we're still seeing pretty good retail numbers out there. Out week, out last week, uh, you know, kind of showing that split between people shopping. Uh, you know, the less affluent who are being impacted more and more, and the more affluent uh, who are still out there paying, uh, paying high ticket numbers. Uh, on high-end products. So, uh, you know, it's the start, right? It's the start of higher interest rates and inflation uh, to affect those retail shoppers. We really haven't seen in the numbers yet, but it's something we should expect to see a bit more as time goes on. OPEC is sticking to their modest output hike. So they're really keeping a clamp down on supply, uh, you know, keeping that, uh, that price of oil up. Uh, you know, the they have a meeting on June 2nd, uh, you know, we'll look at the July output, but they're still targeting, you know, fair, fairly mild uh, increases as far as supply goes. Uh, and that's where we're seeing oil. I think we saw it spike through uh, 118 this morning, US dollars. So now that we, you know, we're solidly above the, the, the 110 a barrel, this is where we, we're going to have to really keep an eye on oil. Now you've heard me talk about it before, you know, I've been bullish since last fall. Um, and we've seen great numbers out of uh, out of those those stocks performing. Uh, you know those stocks pretty much at all time high, all time earnings. Uh, we haven't started to trim yet, but uh, now that we've broken through the 110, uh, keeping a really close eye on that because you know it has to be sustainable. It can't just be a continuous straight line up. So be cautious. Depend on your weightings you might have into the uh, the oil sectors, and depending on you know where you bought in. Uh, I might start recommending you keep a close eye on that and uh, start trimming a little bit anyway uh, over the next month or two. That doesn't mean I'm negative on oil. Uh, oil does not have to crash for profits to drop or even the oil price to come down a bit. Um, it just you know, be careful of all-time highs uh, as we start to uh, push back to you know, the, the, the highs of the last oil rally. You know, don't don't be uh, don't keep your feet in there, both feet in there for too long. It's okay to have exposures, but uh, be cautious as to how much exposure you might have. If you've done really well in that area, that's great. Be thankful that you uh, you took advantage of that and uh, and 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 it starts considered trimming over the uh, over the next month. I'd say we'll talk more about it over over the next couple of videos, but keep that one in mind uh, as as we move forward.
uh, Russian, Russia is prepared to seize firms uh, that are looking to leave. So this goes back to the beginning of sanctions. Of course, we saw a lot of uh, companies uh, shut down their businesses, uh, you know, McDonald's, Nike, Coca-Cola, the list goes on and on uh, in, uh, in Russia. Uh, kind of to follow the sanctions uh, that the Western uh, the Western countries have put put in on Russia right now, and we've even seen other companies take bigger steps. Uh, you know, McDonald's being kind of the first big one, Starbucks following. Uh, you know, selling off their properties and closing them permanently. Uh, was that you know was that a, a big a, a business decision around what's going on there, or was it a preemptive move, figuring that Russia is pushing this new law in where they're uh, you know they can just seize those businesses? So you know, Russia. Uh, McDonald's being able to sell, you know, at least for some value, uh, their properties and business there before Russia just takes it away, nationalizes them or sells them off themselves and uh, just takes it away from them. So if this law continues to push through, there'd be a lot, probably a lot more companies trying to, uh, to sell off their assets there ahead of this law. And those who might not, uh, might not get there might have those businesses taken away uh, regardless. So well, you know, the, the advice there is, you know, follow pretty much the same suit that uh, has been going on for a couple of months now is if, if you're looking at a company uh, that does business in Russia, uh, you know, really, really take a look at how much revenue is coming out of theirs towards, uh, you know, towards their numbers and, uh, you know, discount that off appropriately to make sure, you know, it's still, uh, it's still a good buy. Uh, oil snaps its inverse uh, dollar link. So, you know, this just goes with the U.S. dollar. Generally, when the U.S. dollar is on a bull run, you know, oil weakens a little bit just because it's priced in the U.S. dollars. That's not been happening because we've had this short, you know, supply crunch on oil uh, at the same time that we have a, you know, big concern bear market kind of overbearing uh, everyone's uh, outlook. So the flight to safety to the U.S. dollar. So we have both of them moving up at the same time or staying strong at the same time, at least. So we've got that inverse relationship broken a little bit. And that's kind of my comment back to, back to the oil pricing of, you know, if you are heavy in there, take it off a little bit because that inverse relationship is going to come back. Don't know when, but it will come back. So just keep that in mind when we're looking at the price of oil. There is some pressure with a strong US dollar there as well. So let's take a look at what else is going on this coming week. Uh, coming up in the U.S. as the uh, personal consumption expenditure price index for April is going to be released to see where people are spending the money. It does exclude volatile food and energy components. So, you know, probably where most people are spending their money these days, but it's it's not in there. Uh, and, but we're tracking those both those uh, really closely. Personal income is supposed is expected sorry, to remain pretty unchanged for April from the previous months. Uh, again, things just leveling off. Uh, even though we see those unemployment numbers dropping a little bit, we're not seeing the the income uh, the income going up. The consumer spending report is showing uh, still pretty strong. Uh, you know, most activity there are pockets of slowdown, but things um, still things still moving forward. Um, we actually one interesting company that's reporting uh, this week is Pinduoduo. Uh, so this is a Asian uh, kind of farm to table technology tracking. Uh, food uh, consumption directly from the farm through di distribution to your table. Uh, we're looking at uh, probably a first quarter hurt uh, by stiff competition and also less discretionary money. So this is where we're going to start to see that that uh, inflation impact first or the most, you know, is the more uh, the higher end. Is there easier, cheaper options out there? 
uh, we'll start to see people move uh, move their spending habits from kind of that discretionary spending to non-discretionary spending. Uh, and uh, as we're expecting companies like this to uh, to be impacted um, pretty quickly uh, as it is a, is a luxury. Uh, chip maker Broadcom is looking to buy VMware. So if we've been following, you know, the chip businesses, there have been a lot of uh, acquisitions, uh, moves to acquire more manufacturing to keep up with demand. Uh, and Broadcom is expanding out to the cloud business by buying VMware for about $61 billion. So uh, an expansion and more uh, more consolidation in that business and we'll see, or, or in that industry, and we're, we'll likely see much more uh, in there, just like we saw a lot of that in the uh, oil and gas industry late uh, late last year as they started to really ramp up. Uh, Musk, uh, the Elon Musk Twitter story must continue. Of course, it's ongoing. It's almost painful. Uh, so if you've been following this, Elon Musk has a $44 billion takeout bid on accepted offer on Twitter, which translates to roughly $54 a share. Obviously, the stocks trade much below that. That's the market saying we don't think that this might happen. And just to layer a twist into that, the Twitter uh, stockholders are suing Musk for manipulating uh, the, the stock price by him and Han about that. They're saying he's going to go ahead, saying he's going to reprice it. You know, all these things that uh, are, 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 you know, affecting people's uh, outlook or pricing of the stock. Uh, and, and, and was that, you know, honest information or was it used to really manipulate the stock to get him a cheaper deal? That lawsuit's going to go forward. So we'll see where that, uh, see where that lands. Uh, Macy's actually raising profit outlook uh, pretty much the first time since, uh, since the pandemic, mostly on high fashion pickups. So kind of goes contrary to what we've been talking about of people moving away from the high end, the high end spend. But really what this is coming from is the, uh, pent up wedding demand, social events, uh, you know, kind of more the affluent part of the economy or of the population, um, you know, spending above and beyond the the, the inflation uh, numbers, uh, you know, just to get back out there into social, uh, the social spends, especially the more formal ones. So probably, you know, we, we saw this a lot through the pandemic reopening where we see backlog of, of uh, demand, uh, pick things up, send the number soaring, and then they peter off, you know, quickly after. So be a little, uh, be a little cautious. Might be if you own Macy's, uh, <clears throat> and we see some good upticks in their prices, might be an opportunity to sell into good news and, and look for uh, look for a pullback there afterwards. Uh, McDonald's, uh, you know, was going through a uh, board battle, and shareholders reelected their director uh, as uh, Icon loses the board battle. So um, you know a lot of going on with McDonald's. Uh, they've been uh, been struggling a little bit. Uh, obviously, pulling out of Russia was uh, impact on their earnings as well. Um, so we'll see uh, we'll see how the this plays out with you know once things calm down in the uh, in the board and uh, they get a little bit more stable management going on there. U.S. dollar stores uh, are expected to uh, you know put up higher earnings as inflation. Uh, surge continues to surge, pushing that people to shop more frugally. Uh, so no big surprise here. Uh, I think it was actually Buffett who coined the phrase that he would go out, you know, every uh, Saturday morning to the Walmart and sit in the parking lot and look how many Mercedes were parked in the parking lot. And and his view was the more and more people started to look for discount, uh, that's when the economy was going to turn over a little bit. That people were going to stop shopping at the high end. 
uh, the high-end stores and start looking for value. And this is pretty much the play here. You know, the dollar stores, people are going to look to save money, not spend as much at the big chain retailers, or sorry, the, the, uh, the discretionary, more expensive retailers and look for discounts. So uh, we are looking for better earnings from the dollar store there. In Canada, the Canadian banks uh, shrink the future bad debt cushion as, as the economic risk continue to mount. So Canadian banks all uh, had their wrapped up their second quarter earnings last, uh, last week. Um, pretty much across the board, better than expected profits, a lot of uh, dividend increases. So all good news from that front. They did reduce the amount that they, uh, they put aside for future loan losses, raising the question, you know, you know, are they taking into account the potential lumen risk uh, to its full potential. I say they're definitely looking at uh, looking at it wisely. I think they've gone through their book with a fine tooth comb. Uh, I think they feel that they've got a comfortable cushion there, so they didn't need as much. Uh, even though they, they are expecting some impact, I think, uh, I think they're well positioned still. So that's just my view, uh, but happy to discuss that with anyone in more detail should you, uh, should you have any questions. And Malaysia's uh, Petronas uh, is, is looking to trade some uh, with Canada for LNG. Uh, and this is pretty much uh, ramping up. This goes to the, of course, Ukraine-Russia situation, uh, the Ukraine, or sorry, the LNG uh, contracts in Europe. Everyone's kind of looking for other, other sources. So Canada's well poised in that front to uh, take advantage of that with a strong LNG uh, market up north that's been really trying to, you know, get its legs under it and, and build out more. Uh, and this might be an opportunity for them. On the exchange front, as I mentioned, the dollar, U.S. dollar still uh, still uh, showing strong uh, strong support, uh, you know, in this unknown period that flight to safety. Even though we're seeing the higher oil prices, uh, you know, as I mentioned, that that inverse relationship has kind of decreased temporarily. The EU's decision to place a partial embargo on oil prices, for or sorry, oil imports from Russia is also you know increased uh, concerns and risk around the eurozone growth. And if you've been following us for the last uh, couple of months, we, we've definitely uh, been light, uh, you know, almost exiting our Euro exposures. Not completely, um, but for the, for the most part, just due to that concern. Uh, the impact of this inflation and this conflict is much bigger in the European countries than it is on the North American. Even though we're seeing it over here, the impact's a lot bigger there, uh, not just on their economies, but their currencies. So, you know, it will be a good opportunity at some point, but we're still being really conservative there. Uh, government bonds rose again after a three-day break, uh, so pretty much lifted by the hawkish speech by the Fed Reserve uh, that they need to, in, you know, rise interest rates, uh, you know, a bit further. Uh, and if you're following that, of course, Canada's about to, uh, to uh, increase their rates again this week. Uh, it's fully expected we're going to see another half percent this week. Um, and likely the U.S. Fed to follow. Uh, so that's all priced into the market, so I wouldn't be concerned about that. Uh, really what we wanted to pay a big attention to is what the language is after these hikes, what the, you know, what they're gonna be signaling next, because there's a, lot of, um, there's a lot of indicators right now indicating that uh, we might see them not be aggressive for the second half of the year as originally expected. Now, does it mean that's gonna happen? Uh, doesn't mean that you know that's guaranteed in pocket. It is it, it, the market's kind of already priced in a pretty aggressive second half of the year, but it, it's starting to show signs that we might not have as much 
uh, of interest rate hikes in 2022 as expected. So if that were to happen, we will see some nice rollers, especially in the fixed income markets, uh, you know, as that price in, um, you know, comes off those markets and, uh, and we get a yield curve move. So again, we won't know until after they both hike and we start to hear the, the, the language afterwards and see the effect of these hikes. But a little bit of optimism uh, for the second half of this year when it comes to interest rates, we might see that news get a little bit better. Uh, we talked about oil, uh, you know, 118 bucks and on the rise uh, and metals, you know, little change, uh, little change, you know, as far as the price in there, still, still cautionary, uh, you know, inflation, uh, you know, headwinds are still there, but demand is still pretty strong. Uh, we haven't played the metals as much. We, you know, oil's definitely been the better market to be in, you know, when we look at resources. Uh, so, uh, so we've been focusing on that one. With that, thank you very much. If you have any questions, as always, go to mikeonmoney.com. More than happy to hear from you. Uh, and you can access all our other videos and find out uh, and subscribe to uh, videos and podcasts from there. But with that, uh, I know today was a bit of a catch up and a little bit longer but I'll let you go enjoy your days and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks. Bye.